Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Welcome to Hard Currency, the weekly podcast of the Financial Times that delves into the world of foreign exchange. I'm Roger Blitz, and this week has all been about the European Central Bank meeting, the rise of the euro, and the timetable of President Mario Draghi for taking the ECB's foot off monetary stimulus. Uh, with me to look at all of this is Max Kettner, a cross-asset strategist at Commerce Bank. Max, welcome. This time last week, the euro was about to break $1.20. We've had the meeting. Uh, the That's where the euro still is. So what did we learn from what Mario Draghi told us? Uh, hello, Roger. I think what we learned is also what we see in, in the euro-dollar exchange rate right now. So we were breaking through the 120 temporarily. I think what the most significant thing that we learned, and there's really two parts about it, is uh, once a bit of a more hawkish element, the hawkish element being that inflation forecasts have only really been uh, revised downwards, not really significantly, yes. but rather really only cosmetically. Yes. And the second bit, I think, uh, was that he obviously said a lot of times, okay, FX, you know, the exchange mm. rate is some kind of uncertainty and, and we're monitoring it closely. So uh, contrary to, I would say, the last press conference, he mentioned it quite a, quite a few times. Yes. Uh, big question. Was he trying to talk down the euro? I think partly he was, but the, I think the forecasts, the projections of uh, the ECB are just simply not dovish enough mm. um, for that to work. So I think when you look at the forecasts, both on a GDP and particularly on the inflation basis, that was by no means enough to talk the euro down. So, you know, you can obviously refer to the exchange rate. You can um, also refer to exchange rate volatility, what he has done, yes. which is higher, which actually is not really that true. Mm. It is off the lows. Let's just say it is not ultra low anymore. No. But there wasn't really exchange no. rate volatility. It's not about the volatility in FX markets yes. at the moment. It's, only, it's about the level of the euro, not about the volatility. So um, from that point of view, I think, yes, he was trying to talk it down a little. It didn't work simply because I think the projections didn't really back it up. Yes, they, they, they talked about uh, this, this horrible word, exogenous uh, factors, which basically means anything not to do with the ECB or the Eurozone, um, which, which could be as long and, and as broad as you want, I suppose. I mean, even just the fact that there are rumours about the Euro and uh, what the ECB might say could be interpreted as an, as an exogenous factor. So it's, it's, it leaves the ECB quite, I think it leaves it quite flexible, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's, I think it gives them the maximum leeway and the maximum mm. flexibility. I think the word exogenous can be everything. Mm. Completely agree with you. Um, it can be, you know, it can even be something like, oh, emerging market spreads are widening. Mm. Therefore, we think demand from EM is going to fall. And therefore, we think GDP might not uh, grow by such a rate that we expected them last meeting for example yes. it might be everything it might be even then you know some hurricane in the US is dampening growth in the US and that might even feed through into into the Eurozone. It might be some uh, <laughs> geopolitical, it might be some global factors. We don't know, but it leaves them, as you said, it leaves them yeah. the maximum flexibility. And, and there was lots of 
discussion you talked about about preliminary discussions on the council about the October uh, meeting, preparing for saying what they're going to do about asset purchases next year. Um, of course, you could, could turn around in next month and say we're sticking to what we're doing. Did you get any hint that this is walking the market towards what the market is now expecting? You know, I think I think from? so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he was he was pretty direct in saying, okay, it's going to be October where we learn most of the details. I think the preliminary was really as take or basically uh, for the market to take it as a hint. Okay, it is going to be uh, during the next meeting. I think the only really possible way that this is not going to be October is probably where you have, as we just mm. discussed, some mm. exogenous, really <laughs> unexpected shock. Mm. Let's stop uh, using that word. Yeah, <laughs> but I think at the, at the current stage, at the current juncture, we can't really foresee that. No. Okay, so we've, and and therefore the market, if it's in control of the euro rather than the ECB being in, in control of it, uh, where is it going to take the euro to? Um, I think I think um, so. Now we're around about one twenty, and I personally, I thought um, personally the, the the initial reaction of euro was a bit too strong. Mm-hmm. I think um, just because we have, you know, just some cosmetic um, project- cosmetic changes in the inflation projections and still having Draghi to sort of trying to talk uh, the euro down and still the euro was rising by more than 1%, um, I think that was a bit too much. But again, it was not only a euro picture. Mm-hmm. That is something we might, might not, may not forget. I think uh, what we are doing right now is we're only talking over the last yes. couple of weeks, we're only really talking about the euro leg. There's a certain second leg, the dollar. In actual um, fact, it may, it may be quiet on the ECB front until that October meeting. Absolutely. And therefore, other factors come yeah. into it. We have had a couple of very significant factors this week. Stanley Fisher has announced his resignation uh, and Hurricane Irma is possibly going to have a big impact on US uh, on, on US numbers. What do you think of those two factors? Um, I think so. The first one, Stanley Fisher, is absolutely introducing another um, unexpected element of this uncertainty. This is Janet Yellen's yeah. uh, vice chair, the very hawkish member yeah. of the Fed. Yeah. Um, I think that's again an a sort of unexpected element of uncertainty, mm-hmm. which clearly the US dollar cannot need at the moment. That's something really which, you know, at sort of ultra lows in, in the US dollar index. This is something that is not going to help the dollar, obviously. Mm-hmm. It is just with also some other chairs of um, of the FOMC um, not really being fulfilled at the moment. Mm-hmm. So it is introducing another um, element of uncertainty. And the second one from the data perspective, um, I think what we've seen today as well during the ECB press conference was, you know, we've had much, much, much larger number in unemployment claims in the US. Right. Initial unemployment claims because of probably also because of the hurricane. Um, that is something that obviously we also saw, for example, in 2005 with Hurricane Katrina, that we yes. had a temporary spike in uh, uh-huh. unemployment claims. Claims, We've had a temporary decline in consumer confidence. I don't think the market has that on the cards so far. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. And that is, again, it is introducing an element of uncertainty, an element of potential negative surprise for the US dollar leg, which sort of you know keeps the upside in the very, very short term of, the, let's say, the next couple of weeks relatively limited, I think, for the okay. US dollar. The other big surprise this week was uh, Bank of Canada. 
Uh, hey, no one expected... Well, people expected them to go in October. That's when their next big uh, monetary policy report was coming out. But here they went, they decided to go uh, for another uh, overnight rate rise. Um, what... what um, I mean, the question is, are, are they going to be proved right? Um, I think, yeah, that's from, from an inflation perspective, that's going to be an interesting question because obviously this, the, the much, much stronger Canadian dollar now yeah. uh, is probably going to weigh on inflation. Yeah. And that is then a picture more for, let's say, 2018 because yeah. it needs time to feed it through. Uh, let's say from a from a perspective of growth and from a perspective that you know you have economies like the U.S. economy, the Canadian economy, in Europe it's probably Sweden on a much much um, later stage of the cycle. Mm. It may be it may prove to be right from let's say a perspective that they have some powder to cut rates before yes. all the others can do when they experience the first downturn. From an inflation perspective, purely from an inflation perspective, I'm not so sure whether that will prove right. Right. Okay. Um, uh, it does feel like it's packed to school this week. Um, uh, various Congress and, par- and various parliaments coming back as well. Uh, how was your August, by the way? Were you were, did you did you get away or were you here most of the time? I was I was here most of the time, <laughs> sir. So, um, I, I was one of the poor ones at the desk. <laughs> um, um, what did uh, if for those who weren't around in August? What did we learn about uh, what August did to them to the markets? What's what was like? What was your takeaway? I think the takeaway, apart from these uh, temporary spikes of you know equity volatility, particular because of North Korea, because of Trump, obviously. Uh, that is something that probably catches the eye first. So for those people who just come back to their desks, mm. that's probably the first thing. Apart from that, I think what we have learned is regarding those those spikes in volatility, the magnitude of the uh, these spikes in volatility is much, much smaller. So yeah. much smaller than, let's say, a year ago, yeah. for example. Yeah. So let's say the the temporary panic modes of markets are much less, you know, much less drastic and much more short-lived. That's yes. that's one thing. And it tells you also what has worked over the summer. It basically tells you when you have an environment where there is no, not substantial news for inflation, not substantial news for growth, both on the up or the downside, what you do as an investor from a, from a cross-asset perspective, be it rates, be it FX, be it equities, um, basically you buy you buy momentum. You look at uh, what has worked since the start of the year. Yep. You, you look Which at what... Are- what you know, which is basically something like EM local debt, yes. which is some something like um, some EM uh, currencies. It's long euro, mm-hmm. obviously. So it's all these all these kind yes. of trades. It's something like in the equity space. It is something like uh, US equities long versus uh, eurozone equities long, particularly driven from yes. FX. But within the equity space, it's also something like uh, large and small caps sure. or value versus growth. Those are trends that have worked since the start of the year. And if there is no substantial change in the inflation or the growth picture from a global perspective perspective there is as an investor there is no real basis for changing a view stick to what you know and what you see uh, my thanks to max kettner of commerce bank we'll see if that prevails uh, next week when there's lots of data to digest and a bank of england policy decision as well join us again for hard currency goodbye support for this podcast and the following message come from corient Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's Corient.com. 
Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.